0: Rudy Giuliani really wants you to know that Joe Biden loves his son. Dr. Anthony Fauci let the Trump administration have it in his 60 Minutes interview. And Saatchi Cole is here today to defend Billie Eilish's right to wear a dang tank top in peace.
1: The date, October 19th, 2020.
0: The Time the clock.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Hayes Brown.
0: And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's
1: News O'Clock. Casey, I-, I believe congratulations are in order for you and your Los Angeles Dodgers.
0: Thank you for saying what you were congratulating me for because I did not know. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but actually, I'm originally from New York, as is my uh, father and mother, and we support the Yankees and no one else.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Wait.
0: So I'm still depressed, but I will support the Dodgers uh, because of the Lakers winning and now the Dodgers. Well, maybe the Dodgers. That feels really cool for L.A.
1: Yeah, I'm just still shook by the fact that you're a Yankees fan. I I swear, actually, I remember you kind of telling me this like months and months and months ago, but I think I blocked it out of my head because it just, the Yankees? Really?
0: (laughs) I know it is the most basic thing about me, but it is in my blood. Um, We have superstitions, uh, like when Bernie Williams would be up at bat and my sister was a jinx, so my dad would put her outside on a chair, roll up the blinds and give her a popsicle so she could watch but not be inside.
1: That's a level, (laughs) but also the kind of callous disrespect for humanity I'd expect from a Yankees fan. So, fair. (laughs) Entirely fair. (laughs) Okay. It is time for today's top stories. I'm jumping away before Casey can respond to that. Here's what you need to know. Over the weekend, the New York Post released text messages between Joe and Hunter Biden from 2019 when Hunter was in rehab and the former vice president was about to launch his campaign for president. The text revealed that Joe loves his son unconditionally. Hunter rails against himself as being, quote, a fucked-up addict that can't be trusted, after Maureen Dowd released a piece from the New York Times about how Hunter could be the reason Joe loses the election. Joe's reply includes the line's quote, I'll run, but I need you, and Only focus is recovery, nothing else. This story is part of a broader one that the Post has been unspooling since last Wednesday. According to the Post, the text and other messages they've reported are allegedly obtained through a recovered laptop. But the whole story has a lot of holes in it, including the fact that the laptop's hard drive, or a copy thereof, was given to the Post by Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. Nevertheless, commentators on the right think that the messages are a big October surprise. The biggest fan of these stories is, of course, President Trump, who boosted them to his followers at a rally in Iowa, where he claimed that the media covered him unfairly throughout his presidency.
2: And libelous stories, and they knew they were false, too. They knew they were false. They were never taken down by Twitter or Facebook or the mainstream media, never once. Yet with Biden today, they take negative posts down almost before they even go up. They're trying to protect him. They're trying to protect Biden.
1: Meanwhile, Trump also stopped in Muskegon, Michigan, where he agreed with the crowd there that Governor Gretchen Whitmer should be locked up because of her response to the coronavirus. Back in April, the state tried to slow the spread of COVID-19 by imposing a stay-at-home order. Since then, Whitmer has been a target of major criticism, including from the president, who tweeted, Liberate Michigan exclamation point. The state Supreme Court recently said that the order was an overreach of her powers, which the president loved. But Trump's comments come after the FBI foiled an alleged domestic terrorist plot to kidnap Governor Whitmer for, quote, treason just two weeks ago. And would it surprise you to learn that Trump didn't condemn the people who plotted the kidnapping? Governor Whitmer appeared on Meet the Press Sunday to discuss Trump's comments. Here's what she had to say.
3: Ten days after that was uncovered, The president is at it again and inspiring and incentivizing and um, inciting this kind of domestic terrorism. It is wrong. It's got to end. It is dangerous, not just for me and my family, but for public servants everywhere who are doing their jobs and trying to protect their fellow Americans.
1: And finally, Dr. Anthony Fauci, remember him? He appeared on 60 Minutes on Sunday, and he let the Trump administration have it over their COVID-19 response. Here are some of the highlights. First, Fauci clarified that the Trump administration was controlling when he could speak with the media.
2: You know, I think you'd have to be honest to say yes. Uh, I certainly have not been allowed to go on many, many, many shows that have asked for me. Then he explained that he wasn't at all
1: surprised that Trump got COVID, likely at the Rose Garden super spreader event.
2: I was worried that he was going to get sick when I saw him in a completely precarious situation of crowded, no separation between people and almost nobody wearing a mask. When I saw that on TV, I said, oh, my goodness, nothing good can come out of that. That's got to be a problem. And his thoughts on Trump
1: using him in a campaign ad in key battleground states, well, he was, to put it mildly, not a fan.
2: I do not, and nor will I ever, publicly endorse any political candidate. And here I am, they sticking me right in the middle of a campaign ad, which I thought was outrageous.
0: Yeah, that is outrageous. But I mean, that's also not above the Trump campaign. They definitely use whatever face footage voice they want to. <laughs> right.
1: And this morning, Trump has already responded to that interview on a, a campaign call to campaign staffers. He said, quote, Fauci a disaster. If I listened to him, we'd have half a million deaths. Later on the call, he said 700,000 or 800,000 deaths. So he's uh, he's big mad. He is big mad at Fauci right now.
0: Oh, big mad, big (laughs) mad. I do want to talk about this Biden-Hunter situation. My first thing when I, you know, saw those texts was uh, immediately I had empathy. And, you know, when Biden has spoken about it at the first debate, too, I have empathy again. And it feels as if that's just what some people are lacking right now.
1: You, you, you might think that you might think that just anything about Hunter is an addict. What would you know? There are some people out there who might think that that would immediately uh, get people turned off to Joe. But here we are. Honestly, the whole story is a mess. It's like I said earlier, it was. Given to the New York Post by Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon, the first story out of the post, the one that Trump was railing against, Facebook and Twitter slowing down or taking down, was a story that basically said, ah, this email is a smoking gun proof that Hunter Biden was doing all the bad things that we said he was doing uh, in Ukraine. And that's why the president was impeached over those things because they're true. And it's like, no, they were never true. It's it's all a huge mess, and the behind-the-scenes reporting is fascinating because apparently, A... Giuliani shopped around the story and couldn't get Fox News to bite straight up like Fox News is like hard news team said no thank you there we want to verify this first with Giuliani said no thank you and so he went to the post and there was a big fight inside of the post according to reporting from New York Times to the point that one of the people took his byline off the story and another person found out her byline was on the story after it published
0: oh wow damn that is not a good look no one no reporter likes that
1: nope so yeah Ah, moving on. Casey, what is happening in the entertainment world?
0: (laughs) Well, Issa Rae made her SNL debut this weekend, months after she was originally scheduled to host, you know, but because of the little thing called the pandemic, it was delayed. And it was honestly a really fun show where she had a couple of great sketches, and she kicked the whole thing off with a monologue where she professed what an honor it was to host the show. And actually, I'm so scared right now. I'm scared as hell. I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) I might might throw up. (laughs) But I'm gonna hold it down because I'm the first black woman to host SNL! Yeah. okay. Okay, wait, that's,
4: that's, that's actually not true. <laughs> y'all really clapped. Like, okay.
0: Uh, what if I just kept lying to y'all all night? <laughs> Half of y'all wouldn't even notice. But if this show goes bad tonight, just blame it on me. Mary J. Blige. You know, and to be very fair, SNL doesn't have a great track record on that from Tiffany Haddish was the first black woman comedian to host the show. And that was just three years ago. And Issa also proved she's still relatable as hell, saying back in spring when she was originally scheduled to host, she was promoting two movies and the fourth season of Insecure. But right now, well, she doesn't have a whole lot going on. And there really is no reason. Like, I, I have nothing going on at all. People keep asking me, what have you been working on? And I'm like, uh, puzzles, bitch? I don't know. What have you been working on since you all in my business? I mean, overall, it it was just like really great. It started out with like her being a little bit nervous. And I I like that when people are nervous to be on SNL. I mean, no matter if SNL is having a good season or a bad season, it's just like a culturally very big part of of pop culture and to be a part of that is a part of history. And I think it's super cool that she was just like, I'm here at SNL. I'm excited. I'm nervous. Let's do this.
1: Right. I mean, who among us, like, (laughs) if I were thrust onto the SNL stage, I would be shaking too. I would probably (laughs) vomit everywhere. It would be hideous. No Thank you.
0: Yeah, same. And I was so impressed because in one of the sketches she has to have um, a French-Canadian accent. And I'm like, I don't know if she usually does accents for, like, anything. And it was so cool that she was like, yeah, let's do this. And she was really funny and good. And overall, I thought it was a really great show.
1: I'm sorry. I'm stuck on trying to, like, in my head, do a French-Canadian accent. And I'm just (laughs) failing miserably. Like, I've been to Montreal. I know what it sounds like. And yet. (laughs) Just not happening.
0: (laughs) Yes, completely understandable. And just you have a little bit more background of why she had that accent she she had a segment on a news show called drake watch where she was just looking for drake <laughs> okay okay um moving on uh the notebook almost looked very very different and that's because george clooney just revealed he came this close to starring in the beloved romantic melodrama So we all know this as the film that gave us Ryan Gosling, but Clooney says he was originally set to play a young Noah Calhoun with Paul Newman set to play his older counterpart. The iconic actors were apparently looking for a film to work on together. And everything was looking good until Clooney says he suddenly realized he just didn't look like a young Newman, saying, quote, he's one of the handsomest guys you've ever seen. We met up again and I said... I can't play you. I don't look anything like you. This is insane. We just wanted to do it because we wanted to work together, but it ended up being not the right thing for us to do. And in the end, it seems like everything worked out well enough for The Notebook with Gosling and James Garner taking on the lead roles.
1: Wow. Uh, That would have been a different film. Imagine Clooney being the one in the rain screaming, what do you want? (laughs) So much more dignified about it too. Yeah,
0: he'd be like, "If you're a bird, I'm a bird."
1: <laughs> <laughs> this was post Batman and Robin, so who's, who's to say how much dignity he and gravitas he was he would have brought to it? Uh, but yeah, the notebook gave us Ryan Gosling. But I'm always struck by how many old things. That he actually was in, where it's like, oh yeah, Ryan Gosling, you're here. <laughs> like, uh, remember the Titans and and the Mickey Mouse Club when he was on there with uh, Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. He was. He he started out young. Oh yeah, he's so good at Remember the Titans. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um and I was gonna ask like if you think that this movie is probably problematic now and then I just like you know remembered it was made in the 2000s so yes it
1: probably everything made in that period of time was problematic (laughs) even like the most woke thing again remember the titans is problematic and that was a feel-good family movie about how racism (laughs) was ended by yelling left side strong side on a football field so yes the notebook is probably problematic at this point (laughs) All right. When we come back, we've got Sachi Cole talking about Billie Eilish. Stay right there.
3: At
5: SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from
4: SheFit. Save $10 today at shefit.com/2022.
2: The NFL is back and the NFL app has you covered.
0: What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black Effect Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back. So we want to get into something that really pissed us off last week. We're talking about a photo of 18-year-old Billie Eilish that went viral, literally walking down the street in shorts and a tank top looking like a human being. Nothing newsworthy happening, but since this is 2020 and everyone feels like they have the right to weigh in on the shape and appearance of a young woman's body, things got ugly.
0: Today we're joined by BuzzFeed's own Sachi Cole, who's got her own take, not just on Billy's body shamers, but some of the misguided defenders out there too. Good afternoon, Sachi. How are you? Great. So happy to have you here again. Thanks for having me. So last week, the image went viral because of some disgusting comments being made about Billy, and there's this immediate wave of people rushing to her defense. And you're saying not all those people got it quite right either.
5: Yeah. I mean, so the photos are just of her like bumming around in some oatmeal colored shorts and a tank top. It's a t- it's a really terrible outfit, but it's quarantine. And I think we're all entitled to some like real stinkers is is my general feeling on that. But uh, she looks fine. She looks like a normal teenager. There isn't really anything exceptional about the uh, photos, but a lot of people started to go after her about her weight Uh, She generally wears really oversized stuff and she's been on the record as saying she does that so people can't cast aspersions on her body or make assessments about what she looks like. And then in response, a bunch of people started to defend her by calling her really brave and being like, wow, this is amazing that she's like so confident in her body that she would show her arms. Like, it's just so cloying and condescending and like, like there's nothing Uniquely spectacular about her body in any direction. And so to call her brave, it's like you're kind of saying that the mundanity of being a, a woman in a body is exceptional work to be in public like that.
1: I mean, unfortunately, that's kind of the condition. Unfortunately, that, that is kind of the have condition been, like, conditioned right. to believe at this but point. But we built that condition.
5: Mm-hmm. So the same, it's like the same. Uh, society that's saying like, wow, this is so brave. That's the same place where we've put those conditions on someone like an 18 year old girl. So, or an 18 year old woman, but I mean, come on, like she's very young. So we did that. So then to say like, wow, this is so brave. It's like, well, we built the world where that would have to be brave.
0: We did build that world. And it also makes it, it's like, okay, this woman who has a total normal body and I'm like, okay, yes, it's quarantine. I've gained some weight. I think I have a normal body and now I'm brave all of the sudden. Like that doesn't make me feel great about myself. I'm not trying to be courageous. I'm trying to live.
5: Yeah. And I think it suggests that your body's at a real disadvantage if Mm. you're not tiny. And People exist in so many different kinds of bodies and move around the world just fine. And if we if we allowed them to do that, if we could stop sort of making value judgments on people's bodies, none of this would mean anything because your body doesn't actually have any value beyond the fact that it moves you around or does what it needs to do. There's no moral value to your size
1: at all. So the first line of your article is, quote, there's no good way to talk about an 18-year-old woman's body. Uh, And yeah, you brought up the fact that Billy usually hides under, not hides, but she wears baggy clothing to not really give people the opportunity to comment on her body. So what does it say to you about our society that the very first chance a lot of people got, they made comments about her body?
5: Yeah, I mean, we're all fucked up. Like, (laughs) I I mean, the tricky thing for her is that she... She didn't intend to hide, but but she did. And by virtue of doing that, you create curiosity. And so because nobody can see what she looks like, then everyone's really curious what her body actually looks like. And so when they see it, and it is the body of lots of 18-year-old women that I've known, people flipped out. I don't know what they were expecting. Like, I have no idea. Like, people were, like, shocked that she had breasts. And it was like, well, have you met a human woman anywhere Like the surprise is tied to her refusal to engage in those terms for so many years.
0: And Billy isn't really addressing this directly. She reposted an IG story about the need to normalize women's bodies, but it seems like she's moving on. I mean, she won two Billboard Awards and now she's releasing new music. What do you think of her response? What could possibly be a satisfying answer to this? Like
5: if she says like, fuck off, she's acknowledging it. If she says that it's hurting her feelings, She's acknowledging it like she's in an unwinnable position. So I don't know what she could possibly say.
1: Um, So your article has been trending on BuzzFeed.com, the Internet website for days now. Uh, What kind of response are you getting? From it is it fans trolls is it like do you, are you just ignoring it all uh, are you numb yet sachi are you oh. numb to the internet oh. yet
5: Hayes <laughs> hey, I haven't experienced a feeling since the like late nineties so I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure this is like the thing that would spur some emotion from me um I mean like my Twitter is completely unusable so I don't really know what's going on over there because everyone's yelling at me so that's like one thing my inbox is filled uh, it's like between young women who are like, oh yeah, this is what I've been trying to articulate and I haven't been, a- been able to figure out how to say it. And then the other half are men who are like calling me fat and like don't know what to do with their energy. And oh, so good, you know, good. Yeah.
1: So let's focus on that first half though, really quickly. The women who are reaching out to you and saying that you managed to articulate something that uh, they were trying to say, like what in particular like really struck through to them? Did they say?
5: Well, I think like we have created an environment around body positivity. And that was a response to this like real push for women to hate themselves if they looked anything other than like this really small variation on the human body. And so I think we've kind of overcorrected and now there's like this aggressive body positivity and everybody's supposed to be so happy about how you look. And I'm supposed to like run outside and be like, look, I'm hot. Like it's exhausting. That's an exhausting kind of energy to move through the world with. And I think on some level... There are a lot of people, not just women, who just don't want to think about their bodies at all. They just want to think about something else. And I think in the pandemic, I think a lot of us are eating differently and moving differently. And we have to learn to have different relationships with our bodies because it's just not going to be the same for a long time.
0: Yeah. And like you said, it was like, okay, we overcorrected. We did too much body positivity. And now we're kind of like correcting towards body normalization yeah and it's just neutrality yeah. just neutrality yes. and, I, and I think like with with
5: the positivity stuff it creates an environment where if you're not really jazzed about how you look you're failing in a new way and so at least if you have neutrality then you're allowing yourself some room to someday have a good day and someday have a bad day
0: Yeah. And we're starting to see more celebrities talk about this, like, body normalization. But I mean, do you think we should be doing that, too? Or are we going to start, like, not course correcting the way we want to? I mean, it just seems like a cycle we're not gonna be able to get out of.
5: Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't really know how to fix it. I mean, like, there's little things that I do in my life. Like, I don't I refuse to discuss diets with any of my female friends. We will not be doing that. And I don't want to hear about how you're doing keto. Like, good for you. But I have a bread to eat. So... You know, you can do that on your own time, but, but I think you just have to make those decisions in your own life because I don't think in my lifetime, I don't think that the culture will change that dramatically. I think lots of inroads have been made, but I just don't think it's going to be what I want it to look like.
1: Yeah. I feel that on a broad scale. Yes. Like have those conversations with the friends who you reach out to say, Hey, can I talk to you about this? Yeah. I like, can get their consent to be like, yeah, sure, let's talk about how we're doing yeah. XYZ. But don't yeah. just put it out there. Don't throw that at people. Is yeah, I, I,
5: I could live very long without hearing the words, I feel fat today from somebody that I'm <laughs> friends with. I could uh, live a long time.
1: Yeah, ditto that. Ditto that. Well, Sachi, thank you so much for joining us as ever. It has been an absolute delight. You're welcome.
0: Alright, it's time for meanwhile on the internet. And if you thought 2020 was bad for most people, it was particularly not great for the driver of an ice resurfacer.
1: I'm I'm sorry, Casey, I'm gonna have to stop you right there. What an ice resurfacer? I said an ice resurfacer. The what thing is that? that
0: smooths the ice at an ice rink.
1: Oh, a Zamboni.
0: okay, no. But also, yes, but we'll come back to that. Anyway, anyway, this ice resurfacer in Rochester, New York, caught fire. Uh, Thankfully, the driver managed to maneuver it to safety, and no one was harmed, but witnesses were absolutely freaking out. What? the zamboni company which manufactures ice resurfacers had to declare on twitter that the particular ice resurfacer was not in fact a zamboni and that using zamboni for all ice resurfacers is incorrect so i guess this is like a tupperware versus kleenex situation and who knew not me i found out two hours ago
1: i that has now been xeroxed onto my brain that's how i feel (laughs) about that now i i had no idea that zamboni was just like a general i i swear i thought that it was just like the name of the thing
0: right exactly and so when i saw ice resurfacer i was like which bougie person is calling this an ice resurfacer (laughs) okay so can we talk about this is there anything more of a literal dumpster fire that represents 2020 than that ice resurfacer
1: (laughs) right like i i am so i'm glad that the dude's okay since that was a lot of fire in that video, just flames out the back of it, like a demented Zamboni Mario Kart experience. I, 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 yeah, that's 2024. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder how the fire affected the ice. Did they have to, like, shut down everything afterwards and just remake the ice? Did all the kids have to go home?
0: Listen, you're asking a lot of good questions. And I, like, very much feel like I'm going to be on Ice Resurfacer's wiki page for the next, <laughs> like, forever. And tomorrow I'll come back with a lot of fun facts that no one asked for.
1: <laughs> Deal.
0: All right, that's it for today. Join us tomorrow for a chat with Caroline Rose Giuliani about her decision to endorse Biden-Harris in Vanity Fair.
1: And remember, if your emails came from a computer that is from a store in Delaware, Provided by Rudy Giuliani. Uh, let's just go ahead and call that a Zamboni fire. Let's just call it a Zamboni fire. That's the electoral term for it.
0: <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories.
1: And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock.
4: Ready for the new drying experience that leaves your hair shiny, smooth, and healthy looking every time you style it? Introducing Smoothwrap, the revolutionary new dryer from Infinity Pro by Conair. Smoothwrap uses advanced plasma technology to rebalance the natural charge of your hair so it looks and feels fabulous. Smoothwrap wraps your hair in a new treatment to banish frizz and boost volume. And the more you use Smoothwrap, the more amazing the results. The lightweight and powerful high-torque motor dries up to 50% faster than other models. And ceramic technology minimizes heat damage and maximizes sleek, silky shine. Customize your style with three heat and two speed settings. Once your look is just right, lock it in with the Cool shop button. Whatever your hair type, Smoothwrap leaves it smooth, balanced, and healthy-looking. Get your Conair Wrap dryer at Amazon.com now.
5: The new year is a great time to reset your relationship with your emotions. We all experience things that don't feel so good. Stuff like sadness, anxiety, burnout, and guilt. But in 2022, I want to help you look at these emotions in a new light. I'm Dr. Laurie Santos. In the new season of my podcast, The Happiness Lab, I'll show you that the path to happiness actually involves embracing your negative emotions and listening to the important things they have to say. So, listen to the Happiness Lab in the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm so excited to be back with a third season of You and Me Both. When I started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. And here's what I know we cannot get through this alone. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. This season, I'll be talking about the state of our democracy with experts and with people organizing on the ground. We'll draw inspiration from some amazing people like Olympic star Alison Felix and Grammy Award winner Brandy Carlisle. And we'll get into the hard stuff with writer Cheryl Strayed and my dear friend and colleague Huma Abedin. So join us, listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.